Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Dave Laughing on the Internet Part 3. <laughs> Why do you always find it so funny when we finally go live? <laughs> it's becoming a common every, every single time. <laughs> I just need to make sure my voices are coming through. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, oh dear. So yeah, this is, <laughs> this is the, uh, the third episode which I've currently named Dream Warriors. After the uh, oh, perfect uh, nightmare on Elm Street, the third film, Dokken, yeah, you know, uh, yes, it's an extender. <laughs> thanks, Emily <laughs> and Tallulah for the uh, hosts. <laughs> we just get a lovely little bit of Alan Partridge in the ear every time that happens. Um, Question is, what's everyone's favourite nightmare on Elm Street film? Never seen them. Uh, That's the end of that. The uh, <laughs> yeah, same. I've never seen a single one of them. Yeah, I, I can't remember. They kind of all kind Freddy of. Freddy versus Freddy versus Jason. There I am. Sorry, Chris, you were doing the introduction. Sorry, mate. I was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, third podcast episode. Um, I think. Well, let's just go around and introduce ourselves again, like we normally do. Quickly, I'm Chris. Uh, to I, I'm not going to try and like guess directions this time because that went horribly wrong last time. So, just someone else jump in. If we all just say it at the exact same time. Yeah, yeah. okay, so one, <laughs> two, three. Uh, oh, two. hello. Oh, I'm I'm Chris. Chris. Thank you. There we go. So there we go. You've, you've uh, got <laughs> to know everyone right <laughs> yeah, away there. That's it. So. Intro's done. Brilliant. <laughs> thing is, I forgot my name. What I was saying is, like, what is my name? <laughs> my I name said, hi, I'm, da- I'm, I'm David from Taunton. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> now, in all seriousness, I'm Adrian. I'm the singer. <laughs> I'm Toby and I'm the guitarist. <laughs> what guitarist? Though? Guitarist one or guitarist two? I'm uh, guitarist one. Oh dear. <laughs> oh. Uh, what was that? Guitar Omega guitarist. I'm the I'm the low level guitarist. I can't, yeah, my name's Callum, I think. Callum. You've remembered. Pretty sure that's my name. Yeah, Callum. I play guitar. Second guitar. <laughs> second Third guitar. Story of my life. <laughs> you always be second, Callum. <laughs> and finally... Well, the one with the biggest microphone. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> He's just very small. <laughs> It looks like um, one of those massage toys. It does actually, to, yeah. to my attention. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, unnamed male 141. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself quickly so we can fucking move on from this train wreck? Who's this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Dave. I do nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You literally do nothing. We just programmed the for the album. <laughs> You're going on the backing track, son. <laughs> so, uh, what's everyone been up to then since our last podcast, which has only just gone out? And I realised we dated the last one, and we were like, we're doing these things here, and it's this now, and it was released so much like in the future to when we recorded it, it was all irrelevant. So, just yeah, uh, anyone anyone been doing anything? Obviously, currently we're in lockdown. What three? Three now, lockdown so, part lockdown three. three yeah. Dream Warriors, just like our podcast, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do we have Dream um, Warriors playing? <laughs> um, apparently not, because uh, otherwise we would get copyright struck, and nobody wants that. 
apart from the people that do the copywriting. Uh, who's been up to what? Can't say it's been much, to be honest. I mean, you try and do so much at home, but after about the first couple of hours, you're just bored, aren't you? But um, luckily, I think I've, I've been working, so it's quite I'm quite lucky, really. So most of my days have been spent working, but yeah, I just can't wait for it to be over now. Hmm. I think that's kind of what everyone feels like, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they announced it on the Monday. Because Nicholas Sturgeon announced it. And we're going to, I'm literally about to date everything again. I'm sorry. But it got announced. And I was thinking, it's going to be announced. There's going to be a lockdown. And even though I knew there was going to be another lockdown, it still made me feel like shit. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And it yeah. really brought me down. Like, even though I knew yeah. it was going to happen, just hearing it announced really brought my mood down. This, so, well, yeah. we, we had just booked our first yeah. like band practice of the year, hadn't we? And um, we were all looking forward yeah. to finally being able to meet up. And um, so that was going to be our first band practice. That was going to be our first proper recording session for this new sort of acoustic. To um, be fair, though, coming coming to like the week before the lockdown, it did kind of everyone knew it was coming. So mm, exactly, was, yeah. I think it just it just didn't. You couldn't look forward. You couldn't really look forward to anything um, yeah. properly because you knew it'd just be all up in the air. Yeah, but it's going to be going to be a while now until bands can sort of do anything, which sort of brings me on to the next topic about a lot of bands uh, just either calling it quits or they've got members leaving or um, they're just gone on a hiatus for a very long time. And so, you know, you've got some other bands who are trying to make the most of it and push doing their social media stuff, which is which is fair enough. You've got to respect that. And we're sort of somewhere in the middle, depending on what we're doing um, with our like you know, studio records. So. But we'll always try and do stuff like this as much as possible as well. We've always got stuff going on, so we're trying to keep out there as much as possible. We're trying to keep yeah. sane. <laughs> also, on that Monday, Alexi from Children of Bonham was, annu- was announced that he had died as well on that morning. So it was yeah, like the morning, was, the morning was that, so work mm. was like just awful. Yeah. And then the evening, it was like the lockdown announcement. It's just like... Yeah, it was a crap week, that. I think it was just a real nice way to start off uh, 2021. Yeah, yeah, had just... Alexi died on monday and then obviously the lockdown um then wednesday a piece of news hit me quite hard to do with a band i won't mention um and obviously uh marco left night or left, is leaving nightwish which yeah. I, I think I, I like i like nightwish a lot but they're not like a, a, a favorite band they're a band i like a lot but it still made me feel really annoyed like why am I so annoyed about this? <laughs> it just it just seemed like a week of just bad news. Yeah. Like it has, one thing it has, after another. I don't know if anyone else has noticed it with other people and stuff, but everyone's like, especially at work or when you go out or if you can go out, whatever, like people seem more irritable as well. Like just oh, because definitely. of the whole situation. Yeah, like definitely. A lot more short. Definitely. Well, I've noticed it because, um, I mean, obviously you guys know, but everyone listening probably doesn't know what I do with a job. But I, um, I work as a, a gym instructor, fitness instructor, and a personal trainer personal trainer in a uh, retirement village. So uh, I work a lot with the, um, the elderly as well. And um, they get, they're already frustrated anyway, and they love to complain. But as soon as this happens, and I had to close the gym and basically do a bit of care work for them, it's, off the, you know, it's completely off, and I can just hear all the moaning and stuff. So everyone is a lot more irritable than they were before. Definitely. I think it's because everyone was looking forward to getting back because I think because the vaccine and everything because I think the vaccine was on its way and it was like, oh, we actually might be starting to look past this in spring. And I think everyone was getting that light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And then yeah. suddenly, oh, new strain. 
no, well, lockdown. That, that was the cold kind of, no. oh, but it's fine because uh, we'll, we'll ease things for Christmas, so it'll be all right. And you think, oh, okay, mm. then next year it'll be back in and a fresh new year and we get back to going to doing some music again. And maybe that was naive to think on like our part and everyone else's part. It's just kind of, there's a there's a Fair to be positive about, and, we were just trying to be positive though, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Kind of optimistic. The but problem yeah. with that uh, optimism, as as Bane says, is you, you, if you have if you have hope, then it makes. I can't remember the quote from the film. You know the one when Bane makes. <laughs> I'm talking about Dark Knight Rises, where Bane keeps what's his face alive, keeps Christian Bale alive in the prison to watch him. Was, destroy was he Christian Gotham. Bale in, in the film? Was, was I? I personally thought. I thought you was going to quote Bane from Batman and Robin. If I'm going to quote anything from Batman and Robin, it's going to be Mr. Freeze, Doctor Freeze, whatever his name is. Dinosaurs. Is that the one with George Clooney? Yeah, he did that as a favor, didn't he? And he to the uh, director, and he said to the director, "Look, I don't think I'd be a good Batman. It's probably not a good idea." And he's like, "No, please just do it, mate." And he was like, "Okay." And then he wasn't known as a good. uh, Goodbye. He apologised. I remember it was on the Graham yeah. Norton show ages ago, and he actually did like a, an apology. It's like I apologise profusely for Batman and Robin. It's like fair play, mate. That would be like Mark. So that is one of those films I can't watch. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those films where like everyone hates it, but for some reason you kind of like it. <laughs> know why that is i don't i can't watch it it's just so bad i, I like it's fun to watch the mr freeze like clips like, yeah because i mean there's some brilliant quotes in there some amazing meme material in there yeah but it's just not i can't watch the film it's which is the one horrendous. with jim carrey as the riddler uh batman forever yeah yeah, yeah. that one was all right tommy t- what's his face tommy tommy, tommy lee, lee jones, jones. Tommy he, jones. Oh, he yeah. hated jim carrey he, he? absolutely hated him <laughs> Most they people really who work with him do, don't they? It's I like you, <laughs> <laughs> Most people work with you, don't like you. This last 10 years. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm two handfuls, though, so... Hello? No. No. <laughs> no, Dave. David. David? No. David? David? David Thomas, you bloody fool! <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got off to a good start. We're talking about interesting and important things right now. Yeah, yeah people well, are expecting to hear about what kind of the album was made, I think, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> with I don't think people are expecting, uh, thanks, expecting thanks, anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I actually had my COVID vaccine on Monday. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I yeah. should so be where... the second one in 10 to 12 weeks. So at what point can I connect you as a 5G hotspot? Apparently now. Can I do it from right now? So, okay. I think it's yeah. really funny that you see these people going, oh, the 5G's got... I'm going to go on a rant now. People going, oh, 5G's <laughs> in the vaccine. It's like, look, you, you have these things on you. Everyone has these fucking things. And these listen to you all the time. And you have laptops on. Phone for the listeners, like, not for you. The, thing is, the, the irony of these people is they're typing this stuff on a phone, Pulling which is literally tracking vibrator. what they're doing. It's like the idiocy. <laughs> Just if anyone's listening and you don't think the vaccine's real... Yes, it is, and it's nothing to do with five G. And five G is five G is fine. And you heard it here, and we are the experts on the matter. So, (laughs) Mm. we're the professionals. Yeah, take it from us professionals. Uh, We know what we're talking about because we're a metal band. So, (laughs) 
yeah. that qualifies me in my eyes. I, I don't know about you. But no, the We're funny, thing, the funny thing is about the whole 5G... <laughs> the funniest thing about the whole 5G thing is is when they, they're saying, um, oh, it's the same frequency as your microwave, so it's going to kill you in this and that. And you're like, yeah, but you know your Wi-Fi router. <laughs> so is that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So I think just I think that's the problem with like so I mean obviously social media is open especially now I think that's the the thing is for us as a music you know musicians social media is kind of the avenue we're using a lot at the moment which is great yeah. I think it becomes an echo chamber and people just see they see what they because you know, obviously there's algorithms and stuff going on on Facebook and all the social media just force feeding you kind of the same thing and um, you end up in echo chambers and people don't sort of you know look at the things around them they end up just reading things online and believing yeah. it well, it's like chinese whispers isn't it but things get things kind of go out of control and people just yeah. believe what they hear do you know what grinds me the most is when people see the headline of a post and they agree, agree with that headline so they share the story and then you actually click on the story and the story is almost the complete opposite well it's like clickbait, what the it? headline it's is like, yeah, yeah. but it's just a, and then it just ang- angers other people on facebook because um, people well, I haven't read the article but um uh, i agree yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> this is this is now the conspiracy theory podcast. Uh, we're going to dive <laughs> deep into <laughs> some of the most popular and less known about conspiracy theories. Uh, Dave, Elvis Earth. What, what Elvis is alive, right? I will get to that. <laughs> we've got we've got to distinguish what shape planet album. he's on first, and then we can approach whether he's alive or not. <laughs> if he is alive, should we we should ask him to be a guest on a on album four? Yeah. What about Who? podcast for? We'll get him for a couple of Elvis. weeks. Mm. The press. The press. The press. The press. press. He'll be a big boy by now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let It'll him use the toilet. Chunk. Don't let uh, him use it. Uh, <laughs> right then. Hope album. Get onto this shit. Album number three. <laughs> album number three. Oh yeah, should we should we talk a little bit about uh, our latest show, um, which was the whole reason we started this podcast, and we've done about four hours worth. Where of did it we finish? Where did we finish up last time? I thought we were talking about how the songs were written, um, and we got through. We were talking about demos, weren't we? I think were we talking about the demos. I think we so were writing yeah. for the last. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Um, yeah, so yeah, we got to thinking yeah. about um, what yeah. songs we were going to put on the album, and um, I think most most of them went on. I think we had a few ideas of riffs that were sort of potting around for for other songs, but. Um, yeah, we did. Um, the very first thing we we wrote for the album was uh, the intro to Avalanche, yeah, um, which was going to get discarded um, and got forgotten about for a little while, and then it yeah. got finished off. But then we did. Um, did we change the first prop? The first one we finished in full was Devoid. Mm. Yeah, um, but Avalanche was actually written before that, I believe. Very nice. Mm. What was the what was the because we had like different versions. What was the song where we had loads of different choruses? We had about went through about three different choruses before we finally echoes to do it. Yeah, that was was echoes. Echoes eternity. Yeah, and yeah, and that's when I wrote echoes and I was trying to come up with a really good chorus. I I wrote what was the chorus to um, calling you home, and uh, because it was in a completely different key to what echoes is in, um, it just wouldn't fit. So I just thought. You know, I'm going to put that as a as a song itself, and we sort of develop that song into its own. So it's quite it was quite good in a way that we were looking to have a chorus, 
a different chorus to what I wrote originally with Echoes, because then Calling You Home wouldn't exist otherwise, because that came from trying to write a new chorus for Echoes. Of, oh, yeah, it did, didn't it? So, mm. Yeah, yeah, because I tried to put them both together, and it went, they I'm calling you home, and it just didn't sound It was like, that was a weird contract. But, yeah, it was a weird one, that one, but... Yeah, Echoes is really good. I know a few people have said it's there, and um, a few fans have said it's uh, one of their favourite songs, which has come out weird because I would never, at uh, the whole album, put it as like someone's favourite. But um, it's really punchy, and it's, it's it's one of those songs where it's really good live, but it's not your favourite. But you want to hear it live more so than some of your favourites. Live track, not an album track. Maybe yeah, like maybe that's mm-hmm. it. I don't know, but yeah, I, I've um, definitely had a, a rediscovery of uh, Saviors uh, today after doing some like drum filming for possible upcoming content for it um and you weren't looking forward to playing that were you no i really wasn't looking forward to playing it there's something about the drums where it was kind of i had to focus a bit on it and i was like you know maybe i'm not so comfortable with with some of the timings and the changes and stuff like that but after playing it today Mm. i was like Oh yeah, it's quite cool actually. I quite enjoy doing this. <laughs> like, like after hearing Callum play it last night, because I don't think I've revisited the track since probably like a good several months ago. And I was like, actually, it is a banger, and that chorus is big. So uh, yeah, I, I can see that making a, an appearance um, in future sets and stuff like that. And there's there's definitely going to be some content around. Um, that a was few the, of the song coming up so. when we were trying to sort out the rhythm tone and the lead tone. That was the song that kind of. Uh, Carl sent over and kind of confirmed to me that the lead and the rhythms were like where we wanted them to be, mm. pretty much. Yeah, it was one of the first songs we heard back from the. That was like the, the final, the final tone. It, it is a really good song. It's got it's one of those weird ones where it's got so many different timings in it. It's got what four, four, three, four, one bar of five, four at a certain point, and it's got a weird jazz piano in it and yeah it's it's a it's not your everyday song is it (laughs) it's definitely in my top top couple of songs off the album Hmm. i'd say reviewers and people that ever say we're prog i never agree with them apart from on the song saviors that's the only time (laughs) i'll agree that yeah we're a prog band for that song (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's got prog but again that wasn't intentional and also i think it goes into seven four at one point the the end the end is uh, in seven yeah mm. oh yeah 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 no it's a really good song i, I do like it and it's, it's that chorus and i think it's one of the only songs where when i've written vocals for it um when, when i write vocals for a verse i normally have it within the first try um but that one we had the whole song finished and i just I was listening back to it and the original verse vocals just really stood out to me and i wasn't happy with them so i ended up changing them to what you hear now on the album so i'm happy with that now but it was very different before so I don't think the contrast was very good because it was all high vocals in the verse. And then you come into the chorus with the saviors, really high bit. It just wasn't mm. a nice contrast. So I'm glad I changed that. It's a good song. I think as I said, it's probably my favourite on the album. I think if I was to pick one, I think it's mm. probably my favourite. Um, yeah, it's, it's good fun to play. It's definitely growing on me. It's kind of got its own sound as well, I think. Mm. I just think it's the way, the way it's, this, that song is the one I could just hear playing live, and I just think it being huge, like absolutely huge. Oh yeah, so, it'd be an amazing live song. Um, I, still, I still think for me, my my favourite songs on the album have got to be the Coming Tide, um, and I probably would say Echoes as well, and Hand, Hand of a Thousand Fates, um, but definitely the Coming Tide. That one being the last song that was written for the album, but. 
I love songs like that where they're like got so much melody, so much meaning behind it, but it's all crushed together in four minutes. Just brilliant. Mm. And you're not there sat for ages. You get six minutes in and you're like, oh, the chorus goes back in and you wake back up and you're like, oh, okay, it's still going on then, is it? But I like those sort of short, punchy, sort of energetic, emotional songs. True that. True that. Oh, so yeah. I didn't realise Coming Tide was the last song you guys wrote for the album. I didn't. I thought it was. I thought I yeah, assumed it wasn't it would good. be one of the first. It nearly didn't. Nearly didn't make it. To be fair, I remember. <laughs> I remember the message that uh, A sent me saying after we'd finished pre-production, just being like, um, "You're gonna hate me, but I've just written another song." <laughs> and, and I think yeah, you weren't really particularly happy when you heard that, and then when and you heard like, the song, you were like, "Okay, yeah, it's got to go on." Yeah, yeah like, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "No, we're not doing any more, man. We've got like twelve songs already. There's plenty on there. It's probably too long as it is." And then he fucking sent it to me, and I was like, "Well, that's going on, and it's going to be the single. All right, okay." <laughs> yeah, that was funny because we we properly wrapped up pre-production. I think it was completely done. We were ready to go into the studio, and it was like the following day, and I was like. Um, Chris, I've written this song. I think I remember Luke telling me about that, actually, because he was moaning about it. Luke said, oh, Adrian sent another song, and then he went quiet, and obviously it's because it was a good song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that little voice note, I think it was, it was like, oh, it kind of goes like... I remember you saying, Age, you said like a week, a week or two before um, you wrote Coming Tide, you said that you didn't feel like the first single had been written yet. I no. remember you saying that. Well, it was going to yeah. be Devoid, wasn't it? And that was a that was, was a close yeah. call because that was a very good song and it's 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 got similar kind of um, feel to it, I guess. Um, and it's right next to it on the album, so <laughs> fair enough. I d- here's a que- here's a question though, based based on obviously not being part of the band at that point. Hmm. Why that order? How did you arrive at the order you put the songs in? Oh, on the album, the track listing. Mm. Just an agreement, I think, between all of us. We, oh, yeah. Um, I, I think when you first hear an album, and um, I'm very old school with it, I like you know, I like my old sort of Maiden albums and stuff. When you listen to the Maiden albums, especially, not that I've copied them, you know, but it's, it was definitely there as a reference. But that is it Dance of Death or is it... Um, no, it is Dance of Death. You've got Wildest Dreams and you've got Rainmaker. So they're both, yeah. what, about four minutes and they're singles. Um, so that like really struck me because then like that made me stick with that album. Being a Maiden fan anyway, you're going to. But I think people who listen to albums, if they're sort of like drawn into you in those first couple of songs, and you've got the short pudgy songs, you're 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 then going to listen to those longer sort of epic mm. and especially the ballads as well. So if you had Empire, for example, which is a ten minute long track, if you had Saviors, I know that's a that's also a fan favorite as well. But if you had that at the start, I don't think the the album would have had as much of an impact. So that's why I, you know, I felt I had to have those couple of songs at the start. And then I spoke to these guys about it and they were quite happy to. And weirdly, uh, this Avalanche is a bit of a slower, sort of a mid-tempo song, but that was originally going to be track two until one of our friends, Lawrence, he mentioned putting that as track three. And it's always good to listen to outside sources, not just yourselves or your management. Sometimes listening to friends and family and even sometimes fans, if you get the chance, if you know fans, some fans that well. And he mentioned swapping that around with Devoid of Illusion. And that was something that we were blind to looking at. But then when we did that, we were like, actually, that works really well because it sort of like brings the album up a little bit of a good fast couple of tracks, brings it down for this avalanche. Because if you put this avalanche after the coming tide, it would have been too much of a weird sort of contrast, I think. Yeah, and it worked, yeah it you kind of start well, with it? those three, start with those three kind of almost single like songs. And then you go down for tears 
So it's yeah. b- bring the pace down a bit for tears. Mm. Well, the tears in with nothing hurts. Like, yeah, mm. nothing hurts is obviously just like a punch, to a the punch face, in the face the after intro. it slowed down a bit, isn't it? it and then you've like... got Calling You Home, which brings it down again to a, a ballad, obviously completely chilled. Um, I think we wanted it to be an emotional roller coaster. That, I think that was the word that I yeah. used. <laughs> and um, and we, we agreed quite early about having Empire as the final track. I just I think when we started writing it, it kind of just felt like that kind of track. Yeah, like yeah. it was very. It felt like I don't want to be like cheesy, but it kind of felt like felt special when we were writing it. Almost like we came up with it in the practice room, didn't we? Yeah, it felt like it something like, a little bit ooh. different. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it definitely turned out uh, turned out well. Yeah, that's very good. It's got one of my favourite verses in it. Uh, it's just Empire, the last track on the album. But going back to Tears for the Fall, that was again one of the first songs that I sort of had an idea for this album. But the outro is my favourite piece on that album. I think I just love how it comes. It's, it's half time and it kicks into that solo, and then it just repeats the vocals from the half time section for the ending fast section. And you got all of that sort of Iron Maiden esque type stuff, and then you got a little bit of piano to fade it out into Nothing Hurts again, having that nice contrast. Because if you didn't have that little piano outro on the end of Tears, going straight into Nothing Hurts after that really fast sort of section on the end of Tears would have not as had much of an impact. Because mm. that piano sort of goes up in these sort of jumping arpeggio octaves, and then it sort of fades out with the the sustained fill, and then it just goes into Nothing Hurts. I think it was a really nice contrast. So that was a no-brainer to put Nothing Hurts after Tears, I think. Also, Empire was originally... Well, I wanted it to be called um, The Empire Beyond the Sun. <laughs> That's what it was originally that. called. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was probably the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did like that title. But, um, Wasn't there a Maiden song that's similar to it? Yeah, it was t- too similar to um, Empire mm. of the Clouds, I suppose. And it's not. It's a, it's a completely different title. It's just got the word Empire in it, but... The reason why I kind of thought that's a bit too similar is because it's also really long, and it was the it's last. A bit full, it's, a bit, it's a bit. It's a bit. It's not. It's not quite as long as the Empire of the Clouds because Empire of the Clouds is like what eighteen yeah, minutes like long 18 or something. Minutes, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite as long what? as that. So a nice why did you want it Beyond the Sun? It was. It was an original title I came up with for it, and then because it kind of referenced the lyrics, I suppose. But and then Toby liked the sound of it, and then I I thought it'd be better if it was called Empire, but Toby wanted Empire Beyond the Sun. What's that song about then, Empire? Um, it's it's about um, sort of all the way through life since the world's created. There's always been, like, you know, empires, you know, big armies of, of people trying to conquer other people. And no matter how well you do with conquering people and being like the, the big man who wins on top, you all fizzle out. So it's about all these sort of empires that have conquered, you know, countries and mm. everything. And, and then you, you eventually just fizzle out. So it's about that. So Beyond the Sun is it was kind of a reference to that, I suppose, but even just calling it Empire Works. And I think just calling it Empire kind of leaves it open to your, your interpretation as mm. well. Because it's, it's always good. I, I've always got my meaning behind lyrics. But it's always nice and really interesting, actually, to hear what other people think. Sometimes they, they think the exact same as me, but sometimes they have to think something completely different. And that's fine, because that's the way songs should be. It shouldn't always be exactly what the person who writes it thinks. You know, that's a bit different to, like, films. Music works differently in that way. So... Again, that's why I love music so it much. Definitely, it definitely, to me, like it feels like um, like the ups and downs in a battle. That's what it kind of mm. reminds yeah. me of. Yeah. Like 
in a in a war like you're not constantly fighting like there's different different things going on different emotions different like a, a beginning a middle and an end kind of thing and it kind of to me it kind of portrays portrays that but so that's that's almost quite similar to what i mean it's just a different your me your meaning is bet is kind of yeah a bit better but well it's just what everyone thinks you know themselves so it's always it's, again it's always interesting to hear what what people think. And I remember um, Bruce Dickinson doing an interview and they kept asking him what the lyrics meant to Steve Harris's songs. And Bruce just said, I have no idea. I just sing them. So I know what my ones mean when I wrote the lyrics, but he said, I don't know what Steve Harris means. I don't want to say that's what, what the rest of That's what the rest of Paradise Lost <laughs> said in an interview. They said, what, do you understand what Nick's trying to sing about? And they said, not, not any, none, none of the songs. <laughs> we know what he's t- talking about pretty much. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. That's the thing, though. It's, almost, together, it's, can be very it's almost like written in like riddles. Like you <laughs> yeah. read, you read it, you read it, and you're like, "Yeah, they're words, but obviously they mean something to him." But they, to other people, they don't really make uh, a lot. Paradise of Lost lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I find they're quite, quite. Well, more like um, Draconian Times, yeah. I guess. The just the lyrics on Draconian Times, but some of their other mm-hmm. lyrics maybe a bit more. Uh, again, what's really important that singers need to, and, and I suppose lyricists, because it's not always the singer that writes the songs, but uh, writes the lyrics, sorry. But it doesn't, you don't always have to explain it. Um, no. So I know when um, Freddie Mercury kept getting asked what Bohemian Rhapsody meant and the meaning of it, you know, he took to his grave, he never said. So some singers think they have to know <clears> what <throat> song means and they always have to say what they what it means if they get asked in an interview. They, they, you know, you can just shrug it off if you want to, because it, if, if it's personal to you, then you don't necessarily have to have to say i think it's something that rock rock music generally does better than most most other types of music and obviously i'm, I'm being really general now is lyrics because if you look at like obviously with exceptions if you look at like the charts if you look at people like Nicki minaj say they're not really you know they're not deep lyrics are they <laughs> <laughs> I think if right. you look, yeah, if you Depends look at commer- kind of like at. commercial metal, the lyrics are awful. <laughs> like if you look at like Five Finger Death Punch, Avenged Sevenfold, stuff like that. Like the lyrics, in my opinion, are, are not great. I tell you what, though, some of Avenged some Sevenfold stuff really good. is yeah. actually quite good. Some of it is quite deep because I think M Shadows, is, well, whoever writes the lyrics, I think it is actually quite good. Yeah, yeah maybe they weren't a good was. example, but like. Well, Five no, Finger no, Death no. Punch definitely are a good example because yeah. they're crap lyrics. <laughs> yeah, terrible lyrics. Static X had like they were they were just words to serve a meaning, weren't they? They weren't necessarily yeah. lyric, deep lyrics. Yeah, yeah, Static X lyrics were renownedly awful. Yeah. Well, some vocalists just like like um, a lot of Metallica's lyrics. Um, you just punch in the to make sure there's enough syllables for the lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty much. I think no, there's different approaches album, to it, isn't there? Really? Yeah. On our album, I think it was it was Luke Smith's favorite lyrics as well. But my favorite lyrics to to sing and to read is um, is "Hand of a Thousand Fates." I absolutely love the lyrics on that song. I think really? "Tears" has got my "Tears" has got my favorite lyrics in. Definitely. Yeah, "Tears" is quite. Well, I'm, I'm going to be biased, aren't I? So it's probably a bit silly to talk about it from my point of view, but you're always going to be proud of stuff. It's like it's like writing a melody or a riff. You're just like, yeah, that's awesome. I like that. And obviously, that's why it's on the album because I think it's awesome. And you, and you know, if you if you've written a riff or you've written a, a solo, that's on the album because you think it's amazing. So I think it's I think it's fair enough and understandable to, you know, say what you think is really good. But um, I really like Echoes Fraternity because if we're talking about song lyrics, that sort of references what um, Russell Crowe says in a. That's, uh, that's, that's a gladiator line. Yeah. 
So I, mean, I, I, I still got the influence from that, but not the music. The music was, I mean, I've said this before in other interviews and stuff, but um, the, 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 the first riff on the original chorus was written when my car broke down and I was stuck on the side of the road. I had my two kids in the back. I just picked them up from school. My engine wouldn't start. All the electrics were gone in my car. It just would not start. And for some reason, that riff just popped in there. It was like, and I was like, okay, then. So I've still got the voice notes somewhere on my old phone. I recorded the riffs on my phone. I had the kids screaming in the background because they were bored and wanted to go home. You got kids screaming. Quiet now. Daddy's got to record an album. Pipe down. Is that the sound of like the engine trying to start? Like, it's probably that, yeah. You know, because when you start the engine, it's like, maybe that was it. If it was going that good way to get good way to get drum rhythms, just have an accident. Trying to think what else. Nothing, nothing hurts. Was the first verse and the vocal melody was written when I was working night shifts and I was stacking wine bottles in Sainsbury's. So it was about <laughs> two, it was about three o'clock in the morning and I was just stacking that and that literally came in my head. When uh, you know the, the lyrics to uh, Nothing Hurts and then the verse, which is which, which was slightly different at the time. But it's weird how songs start out and you just you think back on it and you think that's so weird. How did it just pop in there? Yeah, it was it is strange when you just like have a riff or an idea, whatever it is, and it just it's just like into your head from absolutely nowhere usually and it's like how the hell has that happened usually at like five in the morning you know when you shouldn't really be getting up to record music but i think it's a i think it i think it's kind of a combination of stuff isn't it i mean obviously there's like the x factor of like you don't really know where some of it comes mm. from but i guess some of it is you already know you're already familiar with different melodies and notes yeah just yeah. from yeah. years and years of playing and then you like subconsciously there's a lot of stuff swirling around in your head, I imagine. And also, like, um, you've probably, like, written quite a lot of melodies in the past and stuff, and some of them stick with you, some of them just disappear, like, straight yeah. away. And then, obviously, there is that other place where they just appear. And I always find it's uh, yeah. in the shower. Really? I've had music pop in the shower for me. It's either yeah. when it's usually when I know there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. So it's when I'm in the shower or when I'm like driving in the middle of like a four hour drive. I'll have yeah. like so it's like passive. Yeah. So it's yeah. almost passive creativity. Yeah. So I'll have like a, f like a fully formed idea in my head and it'll be like, right, drums, I need to program drums for this so I remember it or um this melody is just in my head it's never like a whole thing it's always just kind of like a melody or like uh, a pattern or something like that and i'm like shit i have to get this down and then it's <laughs> like 20 minutes later i've got out of the shower or two hours later and i've got home or whatever and i'm like it's gone <laughs> it's gone but, the, but that's what phones are great for isn't it because you could just quickly grab your phone microphone and just record it while i'm in the shower sure that's what yeah. That's what reminds me, actually. I was um, I, proof in case. <laughs> I, I was coming back from um, I was coming back from Malksham and uh, I was driving, and, and the first riff, the first guitar riff in Saviors popped in my head. Mm. You know the dun, 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 yeah that one, and I thought that's great. And then I was driving along a bit further, and I thought, no, that is actually really good. I'm going to pull over and I'm going to record <laughs> that on my phone. So I pulled over, recorded it on my phone, start you know safely indicated to come back on the road, start driving again, and the vocals popped in my head, the original ones that I replaced. And if I had to pull over again, and <laughs> I think a lot of yeah. it is when you have something else to focus on, isn't it? So you, you're kind thing of thing is when you yeah. when you write stuff, you mm. ha you know that you have to take advantage of those moments. So if yeah. you do mm. have to pull over or stop at work or whatever, you yeah. you just know you have to do it. 
Yeah, because otherwise, like, if someone's like, say, like moaning just, at you, you just, just like disappear, right? Shush, let me do this. <laughs> and I think a lot, a lot of people don't understand that, especially when you when you're at work. If you wander off and you here, he's singing into his phone again, Bob. <laughs> yeah, no, you get that feel. You get that feeling of it could be important. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you don't do it, you're kind of just going to stress out or something. I think I was quite lucky when I when nothing else popped in my head because I was working a night shift. I mean, anyone listening, if you've worked a night shift, you know it's relatively quiet. You're, especially if you're working in a supermarket, you're on your one aisle. So I could literally just record on my phone. Just got my phone. I pressed record on the voice memo and just started singing away. But yeah, it's definitely a weird one when they just pop in there out of nowhere. And sometimes when you've got all the time in the world, you've booked in for a practice on a Sunday yeah. and you've got all your guys around you and you're all writing and nothing happens. <laughs> no riffs pop in there, nothing's working, nothing gels, no melodies. Are, Can't force it, can you? No, yeah, no, my, no. my friend posted a meme and it was like SpongeBob SquarePants and like the top one was like someone when they're engaged in some sort of other activity but they're engaging on all these kind of like crazy um inspirations and stuff coming to them at the most inappropriate time and then at the bottom of it there's a picture of this character sitting down at a desk looking absolutely lost like in front of your door and you just don't know what the fuck to do oh, <laughs> you don't know what to do it's like you're allowed to swear Dave. you can swear you're, you're allowed to swear okay cool there is, cool. There is you're a big boy now podcast. it would just be really, it would just be really funny what would be really funny is if you were in like the bedroom and you're you know going at it and then suddenly you get a riff popped in your Pretty head did you finish up or did you, did you get your phone out and record that riff might be the best riff you've ever written oh <laughs> 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 uh, I'm there then all right then not yeah, that yeah. actually happened it's not actually happened I've never had a riff pop in my head when I'm making the art of love but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever dreamt have you ever dreamt of a song and then woke up and remembered it and oh, that would be amazing that would be no, incredible I've dreamt, I've done that a few times and That's then in my dream, it's been amazing. Right and I've woke up the whole day. I've been trying to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a song in my... I've never come up with a song no, from like, a dream. I've never to remember be honest, it, like, ever. music doesn't really play a part in in dreams, for me anyway. I don't know. No. So I've like, found the be, You might be at a concert or something, but... What's that? I can't see that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think yeah. I've seen it, actually. That's yeah, it. I've yeah, seen yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, it's always That's, when you um, need when you need something or you need like that inspiration yeah. that it's just yeah. like you can't you can't just like turn it on and off. I think as well, looking back on the songs on the album, the, the only one I can remember how it was written was "For For to Victory." I know at the time because I had a uh, a massive massive piano, like a well a workstation, like a Roland Phantom G8, and I sold it. Uh, a year before I started writing for the for this album that we released in August, and um, I remember not having a piano at the time or even a keyboard, so all the songs I was writing were just in my head. So I had no idea what key they were in. I couldn't figure that out. So, and I remember "Fort to Victory" also being one of those songs where I had to sort of borrow my wife's phone and record on record the riff on it, and then press record on my other phone to record the vocal melody or the or the guitar harmony. And I remember coming up with that chorus like that for "Fort to Victory," thinking, "Oh my god, this is amazing." And anyone who sort of like um, envisions a song in their head, it sounds so different to how other people will hear it because you're just singing wrist or humming wrist. But I remember thinking that's going to be huge. And going on to sort of music videos, I wanted Force to Victory to be a music video, but the idea that we had for Force to Victory would have just costed too much money and we didn't have the resources for it at the time. But that song to me still sounds like a single. And that's a song that I think I will always personally like to play live, regardless of how short or long the set may be. 
Yeah. Also, there's like got... five five times as many ideas that sound great in your head that when you actually try and play mm. them, they're absolutely awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that song's probably got my most favourite kind of like bass parts in it to play. Is that the first? Yeah, that and then there's like a finger tapping part of the midsection as well. Oh, yeah. Bit, we turned that in the studio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, the bit that <laughs> got deleted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, one of my favourite bass lines uh, on the whole album is not because of the complexity or the simplicity, but just because I, I love hearing it. And uh, it's the bit on um, Saviors, you know, when mm. it kick, kicks in, after the bit with the singing, when it kicks in, and it's like, dun, da, 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 and you're like, oh, yeah. I love that bit. It's kind of like a bit Yeah, yeah. Do, do, no. I did feel that was a very cheeky baseline. That's why I put it I, in. I love that, man. I love, love a cheeky baseline. <laughs> what was the story behind? Um, there was actually one of the songs written before we um, joined the band, which was Strangers, wasn't it? Strangers. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was actually probably the first one that we wrote because that was. Yeah. The, the bit that was written for that song was written by our old keyboard player, Jansen Sisson, and we actually used to play an original type of version of that with the lineup b- before this one. So we had um, Luke and that, yeah. Yeah, a, Luke Hatton, a guy called Chris Wilkinson on drums, uh, and obviously Dave, uh, myself, and uh, Jackson Sissons on keyboard. So it was still a I'd love to hear that. I'd love to hear the original version. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. It's very different. Mm. So the, the vocal melody was actually the same, you know, the like a stranger, that bit was the same. And then we had the chorus. Um, it wasn't layered with all the vocal harmonies or the thick keys. It was, it was more, um, it was in drop D as well. It didn't sound as heavy, um, and it was very, very different. But yeah, Jansen, you know, although I wrote the last half of the song, I, I always kind of say that's his song. That was, you know, that was, you know that's his baby, and I yeah. think it's a great song. It's one of my favourites on the album. And uh, but yeah, that song we, I think we've had that one since 2015. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah, really. walking into practice whilst she was uh, going through that for the first time, and I heard, I think it was the chorus when I was walking in, and it sounded like it was Black Sabbath to me. Yeah, so yeah. like that's the thing that always kept with me so i thought i'm just gonna put like a, a geezer butler kind of baseline in it and that's the same baseline which is on the album as well so it's like do 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 i i remember the whole song is very black sabbath and i love it yeah 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 that's one of my favorite baseline what's really interesting about that song is although it was good back then and I'm, I'm not putting this against anyone at all. But I think sometimes certain musicians will make a song sound better because it fits their style better. And that's yeah. not saying someone's better or worse than anyone. But I think when we got this lineup and we started playing it together, it, to me, it sounded like a brand new, obviously it had a few different sections at the end, but it sounded like a new mm. song compared to the old version. Like the old version right. I always, always thought was good, but it, it was never like, wow. But then when we did this... And we I played, remember when we first played... played... Faster first chris first started doing like the slayer beat on the intro oh yeah and (laughs) and it was like a joke at first and then we were like holy shit that sounds huge Uh, (laughs) i was like guys i'm just gonna play as fast as i can over over this is that okay yeah yeah Yeah. okay do you remember with uh with the verses like the second verse that rhythm to it and i was like i wanted to change both the verses to be that rhythm but aid was dead it's compromised which is like the first time it's probably ever compromised (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, he, he allowed it that. to happen on the second verse but he wasn't too happy about it are you any more comfortable with that at all or do you just like it is it on the album now 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Didn't, didn't. I, that I think it should have been on both verses now. Oh fuck! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I think it, well, if it was on both like, verses. We need another change. On the first, yeah. I think it's good to have the two different verses because good is fun to have a different verse each time. That's why I like Hand of Ties of Fate so much because you got the first verse, which is obviously halftime, and then the second bit it really picks up and it's like. Yeah, that's That's one of my favorites. There's a run on that song. Yeah. There's a run on that second verse, which because I haven't played it in about six months, I'm quite scared of trying to fucking play it again. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit fiddler. I'm like D- that, Dave. I, I've got a suggestion for you, mate. Have you ever heard of um, the Judas Priest? Yeah. Do you know the band Judas Priest? Who? Yeah. You should play like him. Over everything. That's what you should do. I'd be terrible though. I'd, I'd forget what I'm doing, and then I'd fuck up everywhere. So like, well, I mean, that happens anyway, one. David. Just play one note. It's fine. Well, yeah, but at least I'm messing up, and it looks a bit better because my fingers are moving a bit more. <laughs> well, basically, what we we'll do is we'll just unplug you, and you can just go nuts. <laughs> guitar solos. I think it's quite a good time to talk about guitar solos since we're talking about the whole album. Um, hmm. I've got two favorite guitar solos for completely different reasons so one of my favorites is the coming tide solo i think that's got everything that a solo should have it's got the slow melody bits the fast bits and then also my other favorite solo is toby's solo on nothing hurts and especially how it contrasts with the the light and the dark in the video on the nothing hurts yeah I think that's brilliant as he plays that first note and then when chris on the drums imitates the i absolutely love that i just think yeah, the, the go, 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 go. That's the one. So anyone who listens to it will know what I mean. Anyone who doesn't really know what I'm on about, then listen to the song. I think that's probably my yeah. favourite one to play. Definitely. Nothing yeah. else. No, it's it's just like um, it just feels really powerful to play. I think. Yeah, it's um, good because like a guitar solo should really stand out. There's loads of bands I listen to that um, when the guitar solo comes on, it's almost just like the rhythm guitar. It's a bit like. Oh. And then, what, like, again, I know I'm referencing Maiden, but every time they do a guitar solo, I'm always like, yes, guitar solo, I can't wait for that bit. And as a singer, I always want to hear the vocalist. But then as soon as they play guitar, it's the same as us um, for me. I can't wait to hear you guys play those solos. Um, but yeah, the Come Inside and Nothing Hurts are my favourite too. I do like Strangers as well, but um, the Stranger solo is very good. And I think you had fun recording that one because that's nice and fast. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, good more solo fun now. playing it live. Well, with Strangers, <laughs> I, I like the transition with Strangers from the second Callum's gonna Callum's just going to have like that's a harmony cool. pedal and just play all of it. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Dave? Sorry, I was just Dave. saying I like, I, I like the transition between the, uh, the second chorus on Strangers Divide into the break. Yes. Oh, yeah. See, you know, me, when it goes quite slow and melodic mm, and then that you know, a crazy like, dragon force. Four, four, three, four, yeah. That's always reminded yeah. me of the break. You know the cover that Metallica did of um, Sabracadabra into National Acrobat? That yes. reminds me of that change. Yeah, yeah. Like every time I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, I, I expect it to go into National Acrobat. <laughs> and it doesn't. How do they, how the hell do they do that? <laughs> it yeah. just works so well. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't It's Maybe it's just one note that's the same or the, the time like the tempo change is similar or the same or something but I was just like, I think that works yeah. well because the song I think people up to that point are very um very used to how the song is sounding and then suddenly mm. it's just like bang the the feel changes and yeah. it just change yeah. just completely sort of yeah. um switches I actually had um cuz that that last half of strangers um was written by me and then the first half was written by Jansen I actually had a different ending it had a it didn't have that guitar solo. It had a guitar solo that I wrote in my head, 
that was really short, which was actually quite good. And um, when I showed people, they did like it. <laughs> when we had the idea of keeping those chords going, but then you were solo, I was like, yeah, that's probably better, actually, because seeing as you're a guitarist, we'll probably keep it that way. I think I remember that conversation. And, um, yeah, but originally it went back into vocals and it was going to have a, an old retro sort of fade out. So, yeah, what, what would be interesting is because Callum joined the band after we did that album, it'd be interesting to know your favourite you know, top three guitar solos and why. On that on the album, yeah, on that top album, three, yeah, yeah. none you, of them. You've even got top three, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I hate them all. <laughs> none of them. Um, sorry, <laughs> we're not gone, Dave. Bass. We're not talking about bass. I was, I was actually going to say, like, as as the new person coming in, even though you're not new, you're quite an oldie. <laughs> Thank you, David. I'm um, not as old as you. <laughs> how, how do you feel about oh, having to play other person's part? Like, would you prefer to write your own solos to the album? You say or? that, but I, I, when when Toby left, I played lo- lots of Toby's parts. So, yeah. it, um, I've already said before, like when I joined, there's no way I'm going to be able to play like Luke. Um, so I'm going to have to reinterpret slightly. Um, but I think that's fine. No, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't phase me really. I mean, um. Again, I've been in the band years, really. It's not like I'm new now, but I have been in the band years. It's not exactly like, it's like, it's all familiar. Even though it's new stuff, it's familiar. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, yeah. You know, if that makes You're sense. familiar with the writing style. And yeah. Everything. So it's not, it's not, I'm not really bothered about and it. And obviously we played together originally. For yeah, exactly. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. We, we played, we played for a while. So. Yeah, I don't know. Favorite, I think Coming Tide probably is probably my favorite on there because it's the easiest for me to play. <laughs> I heard your, on your podcast, podcast or your your guitar stream the other day, you playing that, and then you're doing most of it similar to what Luke, Luke does. But then obviously, mm. when he goes off and does his own bluesy style, which obviously your style is different to that, you were doing your own thing, and it sounded really cool. Yeah, yeah that was some, definitely um, some potential. In that yeah, sounded definitely. Really good, man. I need to sit down with the solos a bit more and have a fiddle because there's, 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 there's uh, I can't remember how strong it is. Uh, I think it's fall to victory, possibly. Um, yeah. And the way Luke plays that solo, I just think I'm never going to have to do that because <laughs> he just does these really. He's got really strange phrasing, and I just it's like I uh, yeah, even if I know. learned it, it wouldn't sound right. I don't, it's hard to say. It's hard to explain what that means. Like because I don't. His phrasing is really weird for me on that yeah. song. For like his, his solo is quite strange. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the way he does stuff, and it's, I can't because it's sort of based in that bluesy sort of quite laid back kind of playing it's quite it's quite hard for me to do so i'm gonna have to sort of i think i have to approach that from my own way i think that one what people Um, might want to hear is because i'll never hear it because you won't do podcasts coming tide as well i like coming tide not coming no what's the what's the slow ballad song calling 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 calling, yeah i like that one because people will never hear what he because you'll never do podcasts with her because he's no longer in the band. But Luke's favourite guitar solo was the one that he did on Saviors. You know when it came in, uh, was it just after the vocals or just after a heavy bit? And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he comes in with that really high note. I've always liked that because the yeah, transition yeah. is so smooth. But yeah, the corner, I did actually forget about calling you home. I, I absolutely love the guitar solos on that. It, it fit his style perfectly. It's like a bluesy, I suppose jazzy, quite song-ish. Mm. But um, I just thought he was really cool. Yeah, he was really good. But... The solo I like out of the two the most is the one on the when it comes back into the verse, almost like what you technically call a bridge, I suppose. But then, then you've actually, you've got the actual main solo as well. But I think they're both good. But I actually really liked that. Oh, that just verse before solo. verse verse two. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that's awesome. It's really, really nice, like bluesy, bluesy playing on that song. Yeah, I think it's, it's a nice contrast on the album of different types of solos as well. It's the same with you two as well. You've both got different styles of guitar solo as well, which is good. You never want two guitarists that do the exact same. Like you, you hear it sometimes in a lot of death metal bands, don't you? They've always got the same sweet picking arpeggio thing, and you're like, oh, I don't know which guitarist is that. It's always nice when you can say, oh, that's that. No, da- no danger of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to do a sweet, sweet picking. Don't you worry about that. Not because we want to, but because we I'd can. say Callum's style is quite is quite bluesy to a certain extent as well. Yeah, it's because it's based on Iron Maiden. It's just I think it's it's less laid it's like back. Fast, it's like fast blues, isn't it? Yeah, it's just less laid back. Luke's Luke's sort of like, you know, very sort of chilled out kind of sort of bits of tapping. He does, you're I'm, right though. He does he does have an interesting way of phrasing stuff. Yeah, that's quite um, hard to. Um, it's, I just can't. Quite hard yeah, to replicate. I can't. I can't do it. It's really hard. And I think when I because I think when I when Luke plays, I, he's sort of he's he's you know Luke. He's just sort of he's sort of just standing there he's got no he's got no expression on his face and he's just playing the guitar like weird bluesy shit well so when i play guitar solos i'm like <laughs> i'm like tense as all hell like tensed over like Ugh! so that's why i think my guitar t- my my playing is more rigid um because i'm more stressed about it <laughs> so in comparison your your playing is a bad back version of yeah it's a bad back, and as I said, I've got a terrible technique. I've got I, I get stressed about guitar solos. Um, I get High stressed protection. about yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, um, I don't know why yeah. it's in my head, but I because we're talking about solos, I just imagine like you don't really hear many metal bands doing like bass or drum solos on an, on a. Yeah, there's a good reason for that. There's a bloody good reason for that. Damn good reason. Drum solos live, I can kind of get away with, but but even then, like unless you're um, the one I had popped in my head was the Matt Sorum one on the Usual Illusions one, and I remember when like he's playing. That's that's live though, isn't it? So Kagan comes on as well, and they're like. Yeah, they've given them like three hour. hours sets yeah, so if exactly. they just play songs uh, yeah, if they yeah. just like go one song one song one song one song uh, there's no like it, it'd be like a bit boring the best drum solo i'd rather that's what i'd rather see is musicians live just enjoying themselves and just letting mm-hmm. go and yeah. yeah obviously probably not a 10 minute drum solo but yeah, I think some things. The problem with drum solos and and solos in general, live. I mean, they they seem to be gone, and that's kind of. I think that's kind of a good thing, really, in its own way. And this is my opinion now. Obviously, what's that? Sorry, but just get like when you you know like um, it used to be more like common where you have like a, a if you're playing a, like a headlining band, we just sort of like break, and then we're going to do a guitar solo. The guitarist would just come on stage and just do a solo over a backing track, or a drummer would just do a, yeah. a drum fill over nothing, and or Hammerfall did a bass solo, and it's. It was on the Crimson Thunder album. Only I think. Hammerfall would do a bass. And it's just, yeah. it's just so funny. Like Dave, go and have a listen to it if you get a chance. But they've probably done it just to, for as a joke. It is, it is, a, it is a bit. But it's just so funny. It's just why. But the thing is, I think they kind of gone. Their days are gone. That people bands tend to do that. They sort of, yeah. They don't, yeah, see, def- don't see many bands definitely. doing drum solos. I think the only, the only bands anymore, that would. The thing is, if you're going to watch a band that is especially technical or progressive that's the only time you'll ever see a band do that really like probably not because if you go and watch like like, uh paul gilbert band or something Mm. he you want him to do that in between 
Yeah. And well, his songs are like, basically yeah, yeah. that anyway, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean. Like um, some bands, most of their song, the technical bands, most of their songs are like 10 that's... minute solos anyway. Exactly. So, the, the, it'll be written into it. the song. You'll have like a section which and is And it sounds pretty horrible, just well. a guitarist on their own on stage, just playing guitar. Depends on the that's guitarist. It. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> like it... I've heard it sound really good. Mm. It can be, but it's what kind of music you're going to see as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm fairly sure. I mean, you if you listen to Dave Gilmore play on his own for quite a while um, well, before yeah. you got bored of that, but yeah, um, Kirk Hammett. I will tell you this now: as I would never pay to watch Dave play a, a bass solo. <laughs> Me, yeah, would never want I, to I, see I, that. Because I think that, it. it's funny because I think the only time you've ever like properly got angry at me was when I was slagging you off on bass in the studio. <laughs> yeah, but he was trying to record his bass lines for the. And, uh, that was the, sec- that was that was so the second funny. time, wasn't it? As well, wasn't there one time when Phil Laracy was in the drummer in the band and I'd, I'd got you up the wall by the scruff of your neck? Wasn't no, there? don't think so. You don't, you don't remember no. that? No, no, no. Sound likely. Uh... <laughs> I don't remember that. That sounds quite. No, fun. I don't, I don't think you. Didn't, no, you didn't do that. Did you? I, I, I can't remember if that might have been when you you grabbed my bananas and you chucked <laughs> them in that <laughs> This sounds like said, a, this sounds like a brutal fight. Come on, more, more details. Come on, James That's about as much as I can remember. I honestly, I remember this. I don't remember you. I think I if if you did it, I must have thought you were joking. Because I it cannot remember you. It was, it was a joke. It wasn't properly. Yeah, I, don't re- I don't remember that then. I, I remember the studio because I, I remember like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, like Because I thought you were going to punch me. I genuinely yeah, thought you were going to hit me. We went to Pizza Express afterwards, didn't we? And um, as Cal often does, you can tell he's kind of sorry in the back of his head, but he continues to push. And he, he continues can't say to push, it. He can't you can see it. the expression <laughs> in his face. Like he wants to stop annoying you, but he just can't stop annoying you. <laughs> But like, express afterwards, he actually I, I, I will just clarify, this was like when I was in my early 20s, so I was a bit more immature than I am now. This was last I would time. still do that. <laughs> <laughs> Only a bit. But that was like it's changed. But it's just funny because some people just, you have to provoke because they're just, they don't ever respond. They just, they just go, they, you know, Dave's smiling like, like that all the time and you just gotta i gotta prod him just to see where he breaks and i just keep doing it. and he's can and again you can see dave behind your in your behind your eyes just going please stop please stop and i just go i can't i've got to carry on until you break and i just i have to see that happen it was so, um what was, but it was it was out of a good it was it was on i and it was because i thought your bass was just too busy um that was I, it was um, was it not it i was, it was the one with the keyboard solo on it and the moment, reason why, moments. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why I was yeah. getting so frustrated is because I didn't really know the song very well and I was trying to come up with stuff on the spot and everything I was coming up with, you was telling me it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds tough like you did his homework. So I, was already, I was already struggling <laughs> to figure out what I was just sat there like, no. Yeah, yeah. No. And, no. and at the time, yeah. And at the That's time, what I'm imagining. Yeah, and I didn't really get on with the track as it was. It was like one of those things where it's like, I just want to get the bass down and get onto a different track. And there Cal was saying, oh, no, it's too busy. <laughs> it it's again. too busy. Don't do it. It's crap. Blah, blah. And that's why I was getting frustrated with it. He started whilst I was doing I on the first day of recording. And that was fine because I was quite confident with that song. I was quite happy with that song. <laughs> but as it came onto the other songs where I was like, I ain't got a clue with this. That was when. But it, in my defence, and I will defend myself slightly here, it was worth <laughs> trying to 
you know, I, I'm in def- I am a bastard. And I don't completely acknowledge that. <laughs> um, but it was trying to. It's like you, the song should be better. The, go- the song could be better, and you need to. The thing is, I wasn't very good at expressing that. I was rather than being like, I, I think you could try it something differently. It was just like Dave. That was shit. no. And it was just it yeah, was controversial it was, producing skill methods things. <laughs> thing. That's what I'd say. It got the result though. It got a result. Did yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. Go. So be aware, David, when you come to the studio. For this fourth album, like a dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, result, but he still wants to kill you. And the only reason why you're still alive is because we've not been able to meet up for the last year. <laughs> yeah. Please do you say that. But, but Dave asked, said, "Oh, does Callum does Callum want to do the band again?" It's like, why? Why did you want me to come back? <laughs> He's just loves Callum, you. Hate me. It didn't have anyone oh. else. Mate. That's why. You're just punishing yourself, Dave. <laughs> yeah, masochist. <laughs> Yeah. You've been asking for Dave was asking for a long time, even when we had two guitarists. He was like, Does Callum want to come back? And I was like, What, I have three guitarists? <laughs> I think we said that actually, didn't we? We were like, Oh, it'd be good to have three guitarists. No, no, <laughs> what world would, it be, would good it be good to have, have three guitarists? It's just uh, held three guitarists, three egos that massive trying to manage bloody no way. And in all fairness, like when, when Luke did decide to leave. Um, I was talking to Callum anyway, but it wasn't. It was actually Callum's idea that he came and sort of tried out or had, you know, started speaking to us about seriously rejoining the band. So I just because mm. we, we kind of didn't consider it uh, a sort of avenue to sort of go down because obviously you're in uh, Metaprism as well, and that's like a serious wow. band, like Wait by Design. So, but yeah, obviously, you know, if you've got time to do it and the, the want to do it, then you know you can always make it work. Yeah, well, Aid hadn't considered it. I told Aid I'd love it if Cal came back, and Aid was like, "Well, I think he's busy with Meta." <laughs> Dave had it all planned out. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's kind of it just worked out really. I think I remember you phoning me about it and sort of t- talking to me. And I was like, I was, I was, I was sitting there going, "Is Aid going to ask me to join?" And it really surprised me you didn't. I was like, yeah. I, could, I could almost sort of, I could sort of feel that you were, you were sort of thinking of it, I guess. But it's like. Just ask me, Aid, and and you didn't, and I was like, okay. Well, actually, I, I wanted that... to be from Met Prison, but um, you know, I couldn't ask him. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds almost like some sort of American teen drama where like a boy's talking to a girl, and it's like she's expected to kiss him, but he doesn't. Yeah. She's hurt. Yeah. No, I don't think it's, it me, I think if Aid had asked me, I probably would have said no. Just wait because I think it ate because because I was thinking I, I was thinking when he was talking to me saying oh, I could if I could do this with Metaprism and and obviously I'm, I've I've got business and everything and it's I'm trying to run all that and um but then I think when I sat down with it because a didn't ask me it meant I was thinking about it that night I stayed up like most of the night just thinking how would I make it work could I make it work could I and I started sort of planning out my my weekends and started working out <laughs> calendars like just literally just started working when would I do if they went to do two practices a month that'd be fine if I wanted to do I couldn't do four practices a month. And then I said, I think if Aid had asked me then and there, I probably said I can help out, but I can't do it. And I think mm-hmm. if I'd then turned around and later the next day and said, oh, I'm, I'm actually going to be able to do it, I think it probably would have, it might have made it seem like I was a bit sort of just, oh, I'll just give yeah. it a go. But because Aid didn't ask, it gave me that time to think about it. And it, it made so up. What you're saying, so what, what you're saying, saying is Aid rubbed you, rubbed you the, right, the right way, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite good What's at that. Not as good as you, Dave. <laughs> Not as good as you. It's that you know your food thing. You know I throw your food on the floor. I used to throw your food on the floor. The drummer in Metaprism has taken over that because <laughs> we were in we were in um, where were we? we were on t- we were in a 
I think we were in some service station somewhere, and he 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 was a student when we when it was years ago when I was first joining uh, first year of Metaprism, I think it was. We were in some service station, and he bought he'd got a burger for free with his student thingy, <laughs> and I threw it on the floor like his his actual burger. Just like, <laughs> <threw it> on. <laughs> Well, every group of friends has got one. <laughs> Why do I do these things? He, 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 he still holds it against me. Like he he, he tried he threw some of my food on the floor, and I was like, I'm not having that. So I keep <laughs> I just kept doing it. <laughs> keep throwing his food on the floor, it's just knocking it out of his hands. So as part of as part of a risk assessment, we we all need astronaut kind of food. No, no, just Sorry. you. Just you, because everyone else is safe from it. It's just it's just, it's one person I just have to pick on, and I just it's you, I think, man. It's just because <laughs> yeah, everyone no else. No I, I know my food exactly. If I, if I threw Dave, if I threw Adrian's banana on the floor, he'd he'd probably hit me. If I threw Chris's banana on the floor, he'd probably hit me. But if I threw your banana on the floor, you laugh at it, and I say, okay, I'll, I'll do it again then. So <laughs> just, just, to, just to jump in, uh, Lawrence is actually in chat, and he said Toby did that to me once. So that is confirmed. Who's that? Lawrence is in chat and he said, Yes, Toby did that to me once. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I knew that right we, 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 we were we were we were in a kebab shop at the end of a night out and uh I didn't have any money because I'd spent it all uh, um during the during the evening and um he bought his food and I think he tried to kind of um I asked him if I, he could buy me some food and he said no. And then he bought a load of food and he was sort of looking very happy eating it. So that just went. <laughs> Like, Go on. Exactly. No, exactly. If people, if they're enjoying it, you need to destroy it. Is the is the thing you need to be sort of. That's the motto. If Dave's enjoying a banana, he shall be enjoying it for not much longer. And Mark said he'll never forget watching Lawrence on all fours on the ground picking up his burger, trying to like <laughs> back together. Oh dear. But I do apologise for that, Lawrence. Yeah. It was at least a decade ago, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a decade. Probably a decade. Still hung up on it. Oh, it still gets. <laughs> the thing is, though, you do. You remember these things. I'm, I am oh, surprised. Yeah, I don't gonna, remember. He's the... never going to forget that. Yeah, it's just the, the little things. And I'm surprised I don't remember being held against the wall by Dave. I mean, I'm sure I'd remember that. I mean, <laughs> sounds it's exciting. Some kind of repressed memory. So you'll, you'll regress <laughs> yeah. at some point. It must be. Yeah. Where and, was it? Was other... it in the? Um, where was it? In, was it in the? Um, what was that studio in Birmingham? Rabanus. Where, was it there? In the was long room, you know, the, uh, yeah. the lock-up in the back. I vaguely yeah. remember that now. I do remember I that. Remember. Mm. It might have even been the same day where someone left a note on the door, like slid a note underneath or something saying they liked what they heard from outside. Um, oh, really? I don't remember that either. Didn't that happen recently? So you remember that? in a bad mood, obviously. No. Um, <laughs> Years ago. You know you I remember John. <laughs> Callum, do you remember John used to, used to try and wind me up all the time? Oh, yeah. he Because he, 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 it's like John would just be... He was just really... I mean, I like John a lot because I just thought he was so funny, oh, yeah, but he yeah, was yeah. so annoying. <laughs> He's so, so annoying. He's so irritating as well. Like I was just, it was, I just thought it was so he funny. He was like non, like, like he was like non. Just, just when you thought, just when you thought it'd like calm down, it would like he'd just start up again. It's just like <laughs> just have a have a break, have a break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. I knew I could see him turning screws, like just trying to poke you. Well, we know what happens yeah. when someone pushes Toby too far. Uh, our old singer uh, in our previous band. Did that, and he ended up going through a table in a local Weatherspoons. So, uh, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, 
Matt went through the table in Weatherspoons and I put box yeah. into the wall in the studio when we yes. recorded embers on, well. uh, <laughs> on the first day on the first day went through the wall <laughs> what did he do then that made you that angry what's that yeah when you when uh, you were in the studio with box what did he do to make you that sort I, of pissed I, off I, well I, I think it's just a case of when you're um when you're in a confined space just drinking and everyone's kind mm. of hyped up, I think these things can kind of happen. It's, yeah. it's like he was a, a button pusher bl- as well. What's that? Box was a, a button pusher. <laughs> and I'm thinking he'll be oh, the first yeah. to admit that. <laughs> yeah, he would he, he would a, admit he would be the yeah, he would be the first to admit that, definitely. But it's all good fun. Yeah. Yeah, we got a good album out of it. That was that was fun. Sleeping on a sofa in a in a room with no kind of washing facilities for about two weeks. That was a sorry state of affairs by the end of it, I think. So am I the only singer you've not hit then, Toby? Yet. You are the only, yet. <laughs> it's early days. Yeah, you have to do two singer. albums uh, and then that happens. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Though, We've done two albums. Yeah, oh shit, so it's due then. No, Next one is Eminem then. No, it'll, be, it'll be album number 13. Unlucky. <laughs> it's, unless it's two albums in a row, because you did have a space um, between the two albums. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. As long as you don't put anyone through a wall in my studio, that's that's the main thing. Oh no, no, I'll, I'll look after your studio. <laughs> find someone else's immediately. I need I need to find a studio mm-hmm. so I can put someone through the wall. Yeah. And also to go along with Callum's point, I have grown up a lot since then. So <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, this is a good point. It's like you know when you when, you're, when you're, you're young when you're younger you have well I had uh, when I drink I get a lot more testosterone and <laughs> kind of uh, go a bit more wild, but. Wet and wild. Yeah. It's very much uh, like one drink now, and I'm kind of a little bit tired. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Where Pretty all much. the uh, energy and violence used to beget, it's yeah. now yeah, bedtime. It's not, it's not quite. It's not quite as raucous as it used bedtime to. Bedtime and biscuits. He tucks up yeah. in bed with a nice book. <laughs> I'll have a co- cup of cocoa and so a nice wrong. book. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with some hot chocolate. Nice calm evening. Backstage, well, we should make that a rider. So, what do you want for a rider? Yeah, that's no. a good idea. I want a full chocolate. packet of bourbon biscuits. What's if you ever bananas and hot chocolate? Have you ever been able to request anything fun for for a rider or anything like that? Have I or oh, anyone? I think the most um, we got was like some sandwiches and a packet of crisps, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah! <laughs> we got something for free." Uh, I always when- request um, Goldeneye and um, an N sixty four. When I was on tour with um, with Lichgate and Nightbringer, the guitarist from Nightbringer had said he was allergic to beer, so he could only have whiskey and spirits. So, like every every gig, their rider had spirits instead of beer, whereas we were stuck with beer. And like that was an amazing. That was quite clever, I think. That was really good. Quite expensive. And yeah, he probably yeah. he actually maybe ha- actually have actually been allergic to beer, possibly. He wasn't. He was just okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I played to him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the thing is though, when um, when I've been on tour like, around Europe and stuff, um, we don't. I, I'm not. I basically, obviously, I'm vegetarian, so I have to say I don't don't want any meat. I want some vegetarian. But the thing is, when you go on tour, there generally is lots of veggie stuff. I was never had to actually. I've had um, when a couple of venues. It was in Hamburg, I think it was. Played a venue in Hamburg. Um, and they they didn't have food prepared. They ordered takeaways, and they just went around saying what you want. So vegetarian, whatever. What band were you playing with there? Well, uh, that was Zandria. So it's Metaprism. We were supporting Zandria. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, that was a, I can't remember the name of the venue. It's good, good gig though. Good tour. Nice. Um, nice. But yeah. Oh, but that's then, the world. not really that fussy, to be honest. I mean, I, I like obviously like a bowl of red M and M's or whatever it is, but brown M and M's. <laughs> brown M and M's. They must be brown. <laughs> Thing is, they could colour them bl- uh, brown in very strange ways, so I wouldn't. That's for Brandon. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you did it in strange ways, Dave, if you're, if you're going straight with the they shit on them, you'd probably <laughs> notice that, wouldn't you? Because it'd be all smeared. Well, you it wouldn't the, be. Ripped the plaster off of that one, didn't you? Jesus. <laughs> 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 they might have let it dry, though. It's a forward plan, This is a great end to the podcast. Well, that was on that bombshell. I think it's probably time to wrap up. It's been a bit of a bumper episode. <laughs> we uh, can, can, we, can we chop that out? Uh, no, <laughs> uh, we can't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in to uh, episode three. Um, we've got loads of uh, links and stuff where our podcasts are, are going to be hosted. Um, so check out our website and I'm sure yeah. there's links somewhere. Cheers in, in for watching, guys. Stuff. Um, and follow to... if you're not followed. Yeah, if you following. haven't followed Sorry. yet, hit the follow button because we are <laughs> trying to get on to 50 followers. That's our kind of target at the moment. Um, you can also support us on Patreon. Um, this that's predominantly what keeps our podcast running because um, we're not looking for sponsors or anything like that. And it's pretty much the only way you can monetize doing a podcast. So yeah, that well, we are looking for sponsors. We look. We want Apple, <laughs> Microsoft. <laughs> oh yeah, all, all the big ones. If uh, they're watching, only if they're watching. <laughs> but yeah, head over there. We, we that's uh, a place we're going to post uh, little snippets of new material before anyone else hears it at all. So uh, do jump on over there. There's loads of different tiers and stuff like that as well. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you next time uh, for episode four. Thanks very much. Goodbye. See you next time, guys. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.